Folks, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bullet Points. I am your host, Ty B. Tonight, I'll be joined by Mike Bunt and Kevin Masari, breaking down UB's first ever ranking in football and their matchup against Akron, plus the UB men's basketball team, a tough loss to start the max season versus Bowling Green, but they'll be back in action against Mercyhurst today. Unbelievable. Um, That game was first canceled to start the season. Now we're getting back to it. The team's going to be looking to get some minutes, maybe some guys who could have really used them. But first, we'll start with the football team. Kev, we saw the number next to the name in the AP poll, number 24. It's unbelievable. It's finally happened on a week that they didn't even play. Yeah, I mean, they had a good bye week, right? Or, you know, COVID bye week. And, I mean, outside of going and smashing Ohio, the next best thing you could do was sit idle, watch other teams lose in front of you. Um, eventually, through much, can you know, contested argument, get 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 named the Mac East champion. But that's after a second quali- disqualification of the Kent, uh, the Kent program. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ohio didn't play any football this season, it seems like. Um, but, I mean, UB did what they needed to do. Uh, I didn't really think that they were going to lose to a backup quarterback at Ohio. Um, you know, we talked about that pregame, but yeah, seeing the number them sitting idle. Um, the only thing that hurts is Jared Patterson um, and him not being able to get you know, more records, more numbers show, showcase for the NFL. But um, you know, I'm, we'll see what happens with JP. I'm not, not convinced he, he goes out a hundred percent. I mean, he's got a chance to stay, break a bunch of records, try to go as high as possible. It's a pretty good running back class this year. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but uh, it's good, good to see him as as vocal as he was, basically telling telling Ohio they got lucky mm-hmm. um, by not playing, <laughs> um, which I which I agree with. They they don't have a you know a good run defense this year like they do in, in some seasons. So good to see the number. Um, good to sit idle and actually get 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 higher, not lower. And at the same time, it's cool to finally, after another cancellation of a max a max schedule, um, get get that. Uh, clinching that key scenario so you don't have to worry about um, anything goofy happening on the final final days of the year and get a real tune-up game against Akron which I'd like to see them play the majority of their starters oh absolutely you want to see Jared kind of run it up you don't want to get him injured obviously but you got to showcase him and I think he'd be the same one you know to tell you all I want to do is run the ball I want to help the team win it doesn't matter you know if it's 30 carries if it's 10 carries whatever he's got to do he's going to do but I'm hearing through the grapevine, people are saying that Ohio was afraid of Jarrett Patterson. They heard him running into Ohio and they made the call. They had to call it off. How do you respond to the people that are saying that? I say uh, that's a pretty horrible toss to me. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, Ohio is about to probably get road stomped, but I don't think the Bobcats players were scared uh, of UB they were talking some trash to Patterson back on Twitter um, w- when it comes down to it uh, both squads are competitors even though UB is clearly the the better team overall the Bobcats really didn't give a chance to really show what they were capable of this year they only played three games they won two of them and then they had a close loss to Central Michigan so who knows maybe they could have given UB a little bit of a contest I personally wouldn't have seen that coming, but uh, I, I don't think they would have been afraid of taking on the Bulls after winning the past two years. But to go on uh, with what Kev was saying, it's unbelievable seeing this this 
UB squad ranked 24th in the country. It was amazing to see the basketball team, uh, both the men and women do that uh, a couple years ago. And now to see the football squad, I, I feel like that's an even bigger uh, accomplishment just because basketball, you routinely see mid-majors crack the top 25 and uh, make an impact. But football is all about the blue bloods. Even if you're a 8-0, 9-0 MAC team, sometimes you're just creeping to 25th. The fact that a 4-0 UB team uh, could crack the top 25 really uh, says wonders about uh, how highly people think of this program, especially with a Heisman hopeful uh, running back, Jarrett Patterson, which is, I think, a big reason why they got that ranking. Yep. Uh, and just want to go back to one quick thing before tossing it back to you. Uh, I did tweet this out on 11-17, November 17th, that I believed UB would go undefeated during the regular season, make the MAC championship an appearance in the top 25. I don't know if that was after Miami or after Bowling Green, but uh, at the time that was a little bit bold. And uh, I, I think it's awesome that it, all three of those things have, have come true to this point in the season. Absolutely. I think Jared Patterson getting that spotlight on him, having, you know, the, the games he's had thus far, it's gotten the media's attention and that's huge, huge exposure for the program to be able to get him into the top 25, to get himself into these award lists. He was just named to the semifinalist list for the Doak Walker award with names like Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, um, Isaiah Spiller, to name a few. Um, he's one of the 10 guys who are going to be, you know, in the running for that one. And you got to give a shout out to Jake Malinich um, in the running for the Burlesworth trophy as the top walk on in the nation. Um, you love to see the grit and the grind that guy has. I don't know how he's still listed as a tight end. He is most obviously a fullback. His blocking has been phenomenal this season. And against Akron, I think it's going to be a lot more of that same power run game. Let Jarrett get going. He needs 80 yards to get to a thousand. I think he gets that easily. And he's, you know, it sucks. It's an abbreviated season within an abbreviated season now, but you got to give Jarrett, you know, the looks he can get and maybe, you know, try out a couple things, get some of these younger guys in there, rotate it in, maybe even at the receiver, try, try a few different things to see what you can get going into that Mac championship game and developing some chemistry going forward. Cause everyone pretty much is going to be back for the most part, Kev. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get a good return. And like I said, we'll see who comes out next year. Um, who stays with all this eligibility stuff, who, you know, you know, who will come, you know, I, I mean, I, I would, I would anticipate players wanting to come back. Um, they, they lost some transfers under, underneath Leipold in the past years. Um, some players even went on to go to the NFL um, and, and are currently on NFL roster. So that was cool to see, but KJ Osborne, but at the same time, you know, you, you'd like to see these players stay um, and don't, not go anywhere on, on top of not go out to the draft. So we'll see what ends up happening with all that. Um, you know, if this is a good game for teams for them to showcase what they can do though at the same time. So we'll have to see how that all equals out to each other um, and exactly what happens. But yeah, I, I want to see a lot of, you know, I want to see a lot of different receivers. You know, we know we have an Antonio, no, no reason to push him too, too hard. Um, you know, you kind of want to see you having like Bernard Porter um, and other receivers on the roster um, that can really get it done. Um, so, so we can see what we have going in the future. So I think that that's really big, big to notice. Um, and I, I mean, I guess we'll have to see if you see another quarterback at points, if they go, you know, the full preseason route, if they go not the preseason route, I think it's kind of interesting in that regards. Um, but they do, they are playing with house money, get, get JP his, um, don't get crazy with it though. 
Um, but at the same time, I want to see some young, young players get out there, get after it, show what they can do long-term, see the Trevor Wilsons of the world um, and see, see what they're able to do. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. But at the same time, I want to, I want to push it into this year, get get through it, finish with a great result. But then next year, uh, hopefully not have too much attrition and really be, be, be earning in a whole season and, and have pretty, pretty good power five opponents on the schedule next year too. Yep, absolutely. I'm um, looking at this matchup here with Akron. I don't know if there's really too much to be worried about, Mike. Um, just a 31 to three win last week over Bowling Green. I think Bowling Green is is the worst team in all of Division One football. Um, it's just so much turnover there. So it's such a young team. Akron is not much better, but they were able to get a 31 to three win. Does that you know give you any cause for concern, or do you think it's just going to be another steamrolling like I do? I have zero concern at all going into this game. That said, I do want to give Akron a little bit of credit for the way they've played this year. They're a bad team. They're a bottom 20 team in college football. That said, they have made nice strides compared to what they were last year. Uh, 2019, they were a historically bad team. Now they are a little bit better. Uh, Whipping Bowling Green shows that they're not – at that crappy level, uh, they gave Ohio a competitive game early in the year. They scored some points on Kent State. So this team isn't what we would have considered an Eastern Michigan or a typical crappy, crappy Zips team, but they're, they're still not that good either. Uh, they have a little bit of a running game. Uh, they have a Their running back is averaging around – six yards per carry on the season. So I uh, got to give him some credit And they, like I said, they've, they've played some competitive games in the first half, but this should be a blowout for UB. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting them to come out strong, run all over the zips. But one, one thing I would want to point out is last year, even with UB going eight and five and winning a bowl game, when the two teams took the field, it was only a 21, nothing game. Kyle Van Treese, threw the ball 23 times and only threw for 65 total yards and had a 27 quarterback rating. So this Zips team didn't play horrible against UB last year, but I, I don't see any scenario where they, they keep it under 20 points uh, this weekend. Yeah. I think Vegas is right there with you with the bulls is 32 and a half point favorites over under sitting at 59 and a half, which is basically an applied score of about 46 to 14. Bunt, you think that, uh, that Akron's going to score over 14? Honestly, I would be surprised if Akron scored over 10. Yeah. I, I just, I, they could, Akron's just not a, they're not a great offensive team. They don't have a passing attack. And I feel like that plays right in the hands of, of, of UB so far the season outside of the Kent state game, which was the best offense UB will play in the entire regular season. UB has been holding teams to that, that double digit, just mid teens uh, range all season. And Akron's a pretty crappy offense uh, overall. Uh, hopefully no zips fans are listening where they can call me out on that, but I think you're going to see Akron score anywhere between 10 to 17, right in that range. Yeah, I I don't think there's much more to say about this one. I think the Bulls should handily take this one. I think Lance Leipold will have the team up and ready to play. I don't think you're going to see a letdown 
Masari, start me off with your your prediction for the game. We'll we'll get it done with now. Yeah, I mean, I I I seem to think that they seem to cover. I mean, UB did allow passing yards against Bowling Green, a really bad team. Um, the, the DBs concerned me, so like I think that they'll they'll get there. I mean, I think they'll get maybe that's a large cover in a game where they where UB might not play the whole entire game. Um, so yeah. I'm sick. I'm sticking in the forties. I'm going 41, but I, I do think Akron comes up and gets to 20, 41 to 20 is what I have in this game. Wow. Wow. It, there's obviously the route for that. You don't know what they're going to do with the defense and offense. Yep. How much are you going to see some rotational guys get in, but you look at the defense, they're already playing a lot of these young guys, true freshmen starters. Um, George Wolo is getting a lot of time. Um, so maybe those guys continue to get, play a little bit longer than you expect. I'm going 49 to 10 UB. I think it should be a nice easy day at the ballpark. Get Jared Patterson, another 200 and say four touchdowns, but what's your prediction? You guys know I'm normally the more conservative with the predictions with the scores, but I think UB's in the, the top 25. They want to showcase. They want to try to get that number as high as they can heading into the MAC championship. I think we're going to see Lance stick with a lot of Jarrett Patterson, run up the score. I'm going to say 52 to 10 UB. Uh, I, I see them rolling. And when you are in a ranked position like this, you want to, you want to impress as much as you can. This isn't a game to play youngsters or anything like that. I know it'd be nice to see what some of these kids can but do that. Once you're up 30, get this lead as big as you can Try to impress some pollsters. AP voters don't vote based on uh, their knowledge of the team. They just see an impressive score and they'll rise you three, four spots. So just kick the shit out of them and, and move up. Yep. I absolutely love that. Hopefully the bulls will be moving up in the polls. Could you imagine a top 15 of what degenerate Isles heart rate would be when he reads that AP poll on Sunday morning? I can't wait to see it, but now we have to move on to a little bit more, upsetting times with one of the bulls programs you look at this men's team coming off two back-to-back losses sitting at a one and two record after a loss against bowling green where yet again the team stalled out late and were unable to score they took a nice lead there getting you know into the later minutes of that game with a nice run and then bowling green got it all back it was an absolute foul fest bowling green lit it up from the foul line there in the second half and that was all she wrote. Kev, how concerned are you right now at, about this men's team? You got to be concerned. Um, you'd be doing a, a disservice to to not say that. I mean, going the way they ended last year, they did beat Bowling Green late in the year in, in a good win, but then they just stumbled against Miami that, to end the year right before COVID. Um, it was an awful game, um, one where Eugene German took over, or excuse me, Nike Sabandi, um, same player really. Um, but Nike Sabandi took over um, and just balled out. He had like average like 15 points a game. Amadis went to UB and scored like 40. Um, that's usually how it went. But this game, they weren't playing great defensively. Um, they don't have any depth, guys. That's the number one thing. Like you're, you're playing walk-ons. I don't care what the reason is. A walk-on's getting minutes in, in meaningful games. Um, Bivens is getting minutes. And um, that's even with Chance Robinson playing, who looked as much of a freshman as you can be. Um, and everyone's like, well, you know, he's a freshman. Well, yeah, but I we've seen freshmen at UB play well, and we've also seen freshmen um, they're playing against play play really well, like Bowling Green had one um, that played super well. 
Um, so that's just not necessarily an excuse um, to not really be productive. Um, and then they're just getting nothing out of their bench play. And that's got to be the most concerning part late in the games. Their guys are tired. Um, they're missing free throws because they're, they're just not getting the breaks that they're used to getting. I mean, Hardnett's not giving them anything on the floor. Nickelberry has flashes, um, but isn't really getting it done. Um, like I mentioned, Chance Robinson has a long way to go right now. Um, so we'll see if he's developing. Um, but it's, it's, it's concerning across the board um, that the team is, is struggling like they, like they have been. And especially with the production they've been getting out of Jonathan Williams, you know, a good step in the right direction for Sagu. Um, Graves is Graves. You know, I'd like to see him take a little bit more control like you saw Justin Turner do. Um, you know, he didn't have a great game, but ended up at 33 points because of all the free throws. Inconsistent Mac refing already in the season. Too many fouls. That plays in the hand of Bowling Green. Um, so I will say that. But the team's been horrible in, in the last five-minute scenarios. you got to be better. You have a tough stretch coming up. You cannot lag to Miami at home. Uh, Miami again on the road. And you can't even think to sniff a loss against Mercyhurst or even play him competitively with the stretch of Syracuse, West Virginia, and Bono's coming up. Or you might be staring, you know, two and five right in the face if you, if you don't really pick this up or, or hopefully not worse than that, guys. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's concerning. And I need to see this. I need to see it improve ASAP against a bad uh, Division II opponent. Yeah, you had Rondo play 39 minutes. Javon played 38 minutes against Bowling Green. It's a lot. And Nathan, yeah. even at 33, you're only getting seven points off your bench. You're basically rotating, playing eight guys, and you're not getting any real contributions out of those guys coming in off the bench. So it, it all falls on those starters, like you mentioned. And that is a lot, you know, when you're not getting any anything when you come out. Um uh, Mike, I don't know what this team can do at this point to sort of fix those problems. They're going to get a little bit of a rejuvenation here with uh, Keyshawn Bruton getting his waiver approved. So he'll be eligible to play. Um, he averaged what, like 14 and a half points, I believe last year for Co coastal Carolina um, coming into a senior season here, a transfer from Chipola uh, junior college where one of UB's assistant coaches was his head coach, as well as Malik Zachary. But do you, do you see them figuring this out, you know, heading into this tough stretch of the schedule? I don't. Last year, I was Mr. Optimism. I kept talking up UB. Kev told me to get a dose of medicine, and I didn't listen to him. And I, I kept saying they're going to turn it around. They're going to figure things out. They're going to get rolling in MAC play. And what happened, they get bounced in the first round of the MAC tournament by the 12th seed, Miami. And the scary part is I would have thought that after an offseason where last year we were talking a lack of continuity, I would have thought that after an offseason of being able to build up that continuity, we would have seen some progression. This looks like the same exact team that was inconsistent all of last year. They're missing something right now. When – I know they lost a ton of players when Oates left. You had um, C.J. Massenburg, Nick Perkins, uh, Harris, all of them move on. But th those squads, they were up-tempo. They were able to kick it out, hit threes, push it in the paint, get Perkins to finish down low. This squad doesn't have anything like that. And it's even more evident with Mbala out of the lineup. They have a bunch of wings that can – take it to the hoop, but you don't have one reliable three-point shooter where you mm -hmm. feel like it's an automatic if, if they're open. You don't have anybody you can just dish it in the paint and expect them to school someone down low and finish. And Bala 
probably could, will develop into that guy. And he's already a great player in his own uh, mindset, but offensively, they're just kind of a mess. And honestly, Javon Graves isn't where I expected him to be at this point in his career. He's a good player, but I was expecting greatness out of him. I would even go as far to say that Jonathan Williams is the best player on this team so far this season. He's the guy that when you give him the ball, he's attacking the hoop. He's finishing. He's making plays. And that's a good sign for UB. But you need Javon Graves to step up. I like what Rondo Segu has, has done overall, but this squad just doesn't have it right now. You can't lose to Army two consecutive years and be an elite mid-major. You can't be struggling to finish games consistently and be a top-tier MAC team. I think we at the beginning of the season, we were laughing at where coaches and the MAC media had this UB team projected. I don't think the Mac's great this year by any means, but if UB doesn't get some better coaching, if they don't find a way to actually play as a unit and get some of these issues fixed, they might not be a top five team in the Mac. They might be six or seven because they don't look like a top tier Mac team at this moment in time. That can change. Bowling Green's tough. Maybe I'm over analyzing a couple tough losses, but when you're playing Bonaventure, when you're playing West Virginia, Syracuse, this could get ugly before January and when you don't have all these easy non-conference games to pad your record do we really want to see what happens to the squad if they're sitting at like two and six two and seven because I don't I don't know if I want to see what happens in that scenario especially with a coach with an unproven track record who only had mediocre results his entire career at his previous stop at Loyola I like Jim White so good guy but I, I've been patient. My patience is starting to wear thin. Yeah, I I don't know if, you know, is it going to be enough, Kev? Is getting Josh and Bala back healthy and getting Keyshawn Bruton into this lineup going to be enough to figure things out? Because that's that's your only chance right now of, of salvaging this is if infusing them back into this lineup is, is going to get you over the edge. It could. Could they be a, the difference of four points versus Army? Ugh, you, yeah, you, they really could have. Um, could they have changed things down the stretch against Bowling Green? It's very, very possible. Kev, do you think they're what's needed right now and the right solution for the Bulls? You had him in Towson. You had him ball, and, and they didn't play very well that game. Towson's terrible. They didn't play very well. Towson's 0-3 right now to kind of kind of say where they're at. Um, they've had a couple cancellations, so we haven't gotten to see them down the stretch, but they've been, they've been bad. Um, so Mbala didn't come out guns play. He actually didn't play very well in his first game. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible, but I think all you need to, to look at is the fact of, of how they're not shooting the ball, right? You, you have a really up-tempo Oates offense, um, one of the best in, in college basketball. And great. I mean, it looked great. And you have a, a coach who's trying to copy that, who, you know, used to run, used to be Biggs first back in his days. Um, you know, he's trying to copy that. And they don't have a three-point. Like we've already talked about it. They don't have the, the pure three-point shooter right now. If you bring up Graves, and he's one of my favorite players um, to play at UB, the senior season's been rough on him so far. He's under. He's at 39% shooting, down 3%. He's up three and a half minutes in game. So um, he's three-point percentage right now is 23%, down 15%. I mean, that's that's just brutal. Free throw percentage is 42. I mean, I shoot about a 50% clip. Um, that's that's 
that's Rocky, that's big man, that's that's Shaq ball. Um, you 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 can't get taken seriously shooting forty two percent down down the stretch, twenty two percent down from his previous. Right about the same with with the rebounds for him. Um, you know his personal fouls are up a uh, foul in a, in a quarter. Uh, his turnovers are up to a game. So it's 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 easy to say. Well, he's got eighteen point seven points. Yeah, some of it's been bad points. Some of it's been late in games that uh, when the game's been over, he's had really rocky stretches. So we need to see more from him um, from a pure senior leadership standpoint. That you saw from Justin Turner, he should be on the same playing field with him. Um, as well, but the three-point shooting has been horrible. Sagu shooting twenty-five percent. Um, you know they really don't shoot the three well. Twenty-six percent as a team, not going to get it done. Um, they do rebound particularly well, and Imbala will help with that. So that that's a good news on the rebounding front. That's what Whitesell likes. The shooting's not going to change, guys. If Imbala plays, it's Brutman that's going to come in and either help or he's going to be, um, you know, he's not Antoine Johnson last year. So that's my worry. Is he going to be more like? really fizzle out and really have poor performances like you saw from the transfers last year and, you know, everyone's favorite Gabe Grant um, <laughs> and, and really be useless, or is he going to be the best, you know, one of the best players on the team? That's, that's, that's the difference. It's not in ball. I think you're going to get what you're going to get from Mbala. Um, I think he's going to help. Um, you really needed that Bowling Green, Bowling Green game. And um, I think you, it was right there for the taking and you just fizzled out. So We'll see what happens. Career 500 coaches generally stay right around where their career averages are. Uh, but more than let's wrap it up by saying one of my biggest concerns right now with the program is there is no future. There's no future of the program. More scary than if Graves is playing good or not, how good, um, you know, Bruton's going to be. It's where's the future past next year, guys. So I don't know what's going to happen with all this eligibility. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go on to greener pastures? But you lose Fagan. You lose Brock. You lose Graves. Um, you're going to have senior year in Sagu and Williams. And you're going to have, I don't know what's going to happen with Bruin. You have one more year of this, but you can't go one for six on, on, on recruits again because the future right now is Josh Mbala, and he's not that young. There's no, I mean, you need more out of Chance Robinson. You don't know what's happening with Malik Zachary. There is no future of this organization like you've seen with Graves and others that have grown to develop. I, I'm scared. I'm scared past this year. I don't really care how they do this year. I am scared past this year, potentially next season, which will be okay. Um, but past next season, guys, I, I don't have a path to this roster. I don't. I normally do. I don't see a path to the roster, and I certainly don't see a big three or four players. Um, it's 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 a troublesome looking roster right now. Oh yeah, you think about it. You bring in David Skogman, who was the number one or number two ranked recruit from all of Wisconsin. Can't get minutes. Can't, get minutes. Can't even sniff the floor. What's, what's the issue here when you could really use some help down low. Um, it could, it could open things up for some of these other guys trying to drive and get to the rim. You guys are out rebounding them could just, you know, increase on that. Like, I don't know. They're playing walk-ons over him, Ty. They're playing yeah. walk-on over him. I know they're different positions, but at the same time, it's like, have a lineup that has Skogman in rather than bringing in and in a walk-on who shot the and he even shot the ball. It wasn't like a 10 second thing. He shot the ball in, in a meaningful situation. You're telling me Skogman can't do that. It's a joke. If he's that bad, it was, it was an incredible mess. Yeah. You're, you, you look at Savion Galleon. He, another mess. Okay. But not right now. He's just not giving you anything. He got benched. He already brought up Chance Robinson. Just you know, his first few minutes, the three fouls early, quick, makes me worry a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be there defensively right away. And when you can't play defensively in Division One, you're not going to get the opportunity to be out there on the floor. You're not going to be able to grow that confidence on the offensive side. That 
can help you maybe figure things out defensively, you're not even going to get that chance. And wow, that was, that was kind of ironic. I said chance again, but um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just as worried as you are, unless they start to just figure out a way to shoot the ball, which I don't think any of these guys are natural shooters. They're pretty much all nope. put the ball on the floor, but I mean, none of them are great at, you know, creating their own shots, either whether it's mid range pull-ups, like anything. So you have to, you know, you get Rondo going on an ISO to the rim. Well, he needs some guys cutting and he needs some guys moving for an open three and he's getting none of that. And the only guy really doing anything on their own is Jonathan Williams. You're getting some buckets in transition, um, a few open looks, but you're missing a whole bunch of other open looks that are really hurting this team. And you're only shooting 60% at the free throw line and giving up an on average seven more free, uh, free throws to the opposing team per game. Yeah. That's mostly because you won't stop following fouling. And it's not, just an issue that, that that's happened this year. It was the same thing last year where you're putting teams into the bonus too early and they're making their free throws. And then they're putting the pressure on you late in the game to continue to score or else these teams are catching right back up with no time coming off the clock, which happened against Bowling Green. And when you're playing against a senior, a leader in Justin Turner, they're going to make those shots. And right now, you need Javon Graves to take over in those Why times. Why isn't he making issues? Forty-seven percent. I mean, it's 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 offensively low. I mean, shooting the, the ball twenty-six percent as a team for three is not acceptable. The amount of fouls, like you mentioned, is gross. Um, they're they're fouling. They're not moving their feet. They're they're hacking. They're getting body check. I mean, they're getting some hand checks, but at the same time, they're getting they're getting card the amount of for some blocks, the amount of getting, charges. That was ridiculous. I, I mean, that was, uh, it's they just keep running to the rim. They don't do nothing. They just put their shoulder down and go to the rim. That's all you be can do. And, and yeah, here's the here's the, here's the big problem with UB right now. And I agree a lot with what Kev's saying. The way this team is constructed, Javon Graves needs to be a superstar, and he isn't a superstar. He's a very good scorer, but he is not elite. He is not a Justin Turner. He does not make those big shots at the big times. UB needs him to be a plus point per game guy. And he's not that. I thought he was, but he's not that. And I want to bring up three things. You guys talk about all these recruiting misses. There's three things that I'd be concerned about if I was UB. It's either the recruiting is either off or they're not identifying what they need to recruit or not or putting people in the right are, position to succeed. Yeah. Or the other two problems are you're not developing your players. And that's yeah. a concern if, if that's the case. And the third problem is you, maybe you just don't have a coach that in game situations is making the right calls. And the problem is we can't decipher if it's one or two of those three, or if it's all three, because right now, Think about all these misses. These weren't guys that were lightly touted. These were guys that came from good high school programs that were three-star guys and even transfers. Like we, we joke about Gabe Grant. He transferred from Houston, a top 25 program. You got Antoine Johnson from Middle Tennessee State. You got these guys like Mbala from Texas Tech. Now he's been good, but you have Laquilla Hardnett who is just – been nothing for how he got how he went to Cincinnati will baffle me forever. Yeah, that dude can't even play in the Mac. Nickelberry played at Memphis. 
I what I would say my biggest concern if I was a UB fan is they hired the guy that promised continuity. So he said, I'm going to keep the roster intact. And he did. He was able to keep all the current players at the school. He promised to run the same style offense. And he said, I'm going to keep things going. Uh, all the momentum from what Oates gave the program. Here's the problem. White Soul, in his heart, is not a fast-tempo coach. Number two, he's trying to coach a style that he doesn't want to coach. And, and number three, he, we're going after all these wings. Now, I love wing players. They're the future of basketball. They can do everything. They can play in the paint. They can go outside. But you can't just be a team full of wings. You need some pure shooters. You need some paint post-up guys. They they have no – their their whole mentality of how they're attacking – recruiting and everything I was all in on it at the beginning but it's so clear they have no idea what they're going after they don't know what type of team they want to be they they're a mess they're only getting by on the pure talent they have and if they didn't have it was not recruited by this staff it was not recruited by the staff either yeah like they're, they're getting by because their players like a guy like Jonathan he's gonna naturally get to the hoop and make some plays he's one of the most athletic guys on the court. Same with the Rondo Segu. Uh, and Javon Graves obviously, obviously has score, scoring ability. But what is the coaching staff actually adding to make these players excel higher than what we thought they would be? And what was what was Weitzel supposed to be as the specialist for Oates, the defensive guy, calling the plays in the huddle late in the game, supposed to be on top of that type of thing? And what are we seeing right now? The team choking late in the game. And that's where my number one concern is right now. We saw it last year where this team couldn't figure things out. Their half court sets were terrible offensively. And it seems to be the same thing again. It's here's the ball, do something. Well, why don't we call plays? They, they call plays out of timeouts and they turn it over. That should never happen. Like, I don't, I don't get what's what's not happening, whether it's the players or the coaches or what. There's there's something there where they're not all on the same wavelength. And it's it's very easy to see if you just pay attention. And I don't know how you fix that right now because you can't get in and spend as much time with your team as you generally normally are able to do. You still have some some distance restrictions. You got to keep everyone safe and everything else it's going to be tough to write the ship when you have, you know, this game here, a little bit of a tune up before next Tuesday, you have Miami of Ohio. And then you talked about the next stretch of games between Bonnie's Syracuse and West Virginia. You have to get things fixed. You can't start in the max season. zero and two. And I can't, I don't want to think about what happens if that, if that happens, because I don't know if you win any of those games in that next stretch of three and then you're staring down a smoking barrel at that point. Uh, Kev, like, is is do you have any hope here for that game Tuesday against Miami? I think it it looks like a favorable matchup. Miami's not looking great this year. Can they can they get things righted for that game next Tuesday? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a bad team. They have, they really have one player, D.D. Grant. He's he's pretty good. Uh, he's a good big combo guard. Um, six two one eighty, twelve points a game. Uh, isn't shooting the ball particularly well. Um, played well last year as a freshman. He's kind of their only player. I mean, outside of that, they play good defense. We've seen it. You know, we saw it. Saw it in the tournament game at home last year. 
Um, you know, they have some good forwards and Elijah McNamara, Precious Aya. Um, so they have, you know, some, some talented forwards. Elante Brown's a guy that they really like. He's been there for ever. Um, I think maybe a redshirt senior at this point, but he, he plays good, solid basketball. They have good forward play, just zero guard play, like zero. Uh, Mikey Larry and Dee Grant is, is pretty much it. Uh, it's not a good team. It's bottom half of the conference, you know, MAC team. Um, they're two and one. They've beaten some some bad programs like Western Illinois and and others. So it's not you know they've lost to Wright State by like forty. Um, so it's 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 not a good it's not a good organization. It's not a good program. Um, they upset UB last year. They should be really pissed off. That game, game didn't happen. Sure. Yeah, I mean no MAC tournament last year. If, <laughs> if that game didn't happen, like it would have been great for me. They said they said um, UB was the reigning champions when I was listening to that game against Bowling Green. So I don't know what happened uh in the 2020 mac tournament but i don't think there was one kev <laughs> luckily they lost a freaking hole in ub side in nike sabandi just a guy that just oh. ball out against ub he's gone at pit he's playing with his own transfer problems right now over there for pit so um it's it's a game you gotta have i mean i think the top of the mac right now is easily you know, you got Bowling Green, he just lost to Toledo's played well, uh, a team that I don't, don't have a lot of faith in. Ohio has been playing good basketball. Um, Akron is what they are. They, they haven't even played yet. So we don't even know what they are. They play Bonnie's uh, next week. So we'll see what Akron is. But I mean, UB by virtue of the, the, the conference being terrible slides right into the four, five, the four or five pretty easily. Um, so that's that's that is what it is i mean they, they need to come out they can't if they drop the miami they're losing a lot of games they're, they're obviously going to take care of mercy Hurst, but they're going to lose a lot of games in a row guys and it's going to going to happen in a hurry um you know if they can't take care, care of miami they're going to lose a syracuse they're going to lose the bodies they're going to lose wvu they're going to lose at akron guys you're talking about a one two three four um if they lose to miami five you're talking one in seven mercy Hurst win if that counts two and seven start before playing emu I mean, that's, that's people are, they're calling for coaching change um, because if they start two and seven, I'm calling for a coaching change and I'll be pretty vocal about it, but they have, they have every right to get this, this thing turned around. They started Oh, and two in the Mac last year. Um, you know, EMU is not really that good and they have them after Akron and they finally get some home games. So they'll win some games down the stretch. I'm just not going to love starting two and seven. They're staring that right in the face and I'm not going to be much happier with three and six. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I think they need to come out of this stretch like four and five. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Four and five. That's what they need to do. If it's worse than that, I'm going to have issues because it's not going to stop just at four and five. It's going to get bad in a hurry. So this is the game. They got to get right against Mercyhurst. They got to get right against Miami. It's a two get right games and they have to go and perform against at Syracuse at Bonas at Western 11th rank Western uh, West Virginia. That's what they need to get done. If they go and embarrass themselves in those three games, it's going to be a long season. Oh, absolutely. Those were perfect last thoughts, Kev. Couldn't have summed it up any better. Mike, you got anything else for me before we close it out here? Normally we do our predictions. We did them earlier. The Bulls are going to steamroll Akron. Sorry, Zips. Yeah. And they're going to steamroll Mercyhurst. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to close up by saying, like, I I know to anyone listening right now that I sound super negative on this UB squad. And it's not that I don't think this team has talent. I think they have a lot of talent. It's that I think they're missing an identity and I don't want them to lose all the momentum that NATO created for this program. Yep. I still think this is a, in a normal year where you play a normal schedule, a 20 plus win team. But you know what, when you have success, you raise the bar, you raise the expectations. 
this isn't Reggie Witherspoon anymore where we're just happy to go to a MAC championship game and maybe have a chance to compete to go to the NCAA tournament. This is a team that should expect to have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament every single year. And as someone that grew up in Buffalo and then went to Ohio University and saw Ohio go to the Sweet 16 and go to the second round, taking down teams like Georgetown, Michigan, South Florida, and the tourney, and then seeing UB take down Arizona and Arizona State, I don't want to happen to the Bulls what happened to my Bobcats. They wasted their run. And now it took them a couple years just to be relevant again. They sucked the last three years. And it was awful as an Ohio fan who went to school there when they were great. I don't want to see that happen to UB, but I'm seeing a lot of the same, the same things happen to this program that I saw at Ohio. And that's concerning to me right now. There's still time. They can turn it around. The fact that white cells scheduled Syracuse, West Virginia, and obviously Bonaventure uh, be, just because of local ties tells me he thinks he has a squad that's talented enough to be a good, good squad, good team. Go out and prove it. Get things straightened up. Fix it. Finish in the top three in the MAC and prove me wrong. But until they do so, I think this is a tier two MAC team. I'm with Kev. I think right now you got to put Bowling Green ahead. I think Toledo has shown that they're they're a good squad. They could easily be five and one with wins over Xavier and Bradley. Uh, Akron, we'll see what they are. And I, I still, I think Ohio is a tier ahead of this UB squad at this moment. Bias aside, I, I think they just, they look better as a team to me. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong. Get this all strained up and let's hope we can have a good season here. Absolutely. I think the best analogy I can come up with is that we're concerned parents and we see our kids about to play around right near that electrical outlet and we know what could happen in the worst case scenario. So we got to let them know we don't need to scare them because we're trying to scare them. We need to scare them because we care about them and let them know we care about them. We want to see things fixed. We want to see this run go on for a long time with the basketball and the football programs. They're both having a ton of success and it's bringing in more and more interest to the school and bringing more interest into the community of Buffalo. And it just continues to highlight the things we have going on in this Western New York region. And we just want to keep it all going and UB could be a huge, huge part of that. And I think the community just wants to continue to get behind this team. And if you can continue to give them exciting basketball and if you start hitting some shots and winning some big games here the community continues to rally behind you and that's how you can really keep building this program up you are one of the you're the only Mac school in a big city like let's be honest you have the most resources legitimately there in in terms of a community to get out to games and everything else you have a large school community as well and everyone just wants to see the team's do well. Let's hope Jim Weitzel and co get it fixed. I believe they can do it. Let's hope for the best to well, when this comes out tonight against Mercyhurst, let's start figuring things out and let's go bulls on Saturday against Akron. That'll do it for us at bullet points. I'm Ty B with Kevin Masari and Mike Bunt. Let's go bulls.